¿Qué carajo es la pelúa? Yo no sé. Yo creo que nadie sabe, en verdad. Sin suela. Baila pelúa. Se acaba de dejar y llega tu apiquetúa. Todo el mundo la mira al caminar y cuando rompe a bailar, todos le dicen cómo baila la pelúa. Baila pelúa. Bienvenidos a Radio Menea. I'm Miriam Soyla Perez. And I'm Vero Valleti Flores. And we're two Latinx friends with wildly different music tastes. And each week we bring you music from the Latinx artists that we love. And this week is all about new music that we're into right now. We're super excited. We've got some new formatty things to talk about. Yes. But first of all, this thing that we're listening to right now. Mm-hmm. This and- is, let's have you listen to it for a little bit. This is called La Pelúa. And it's by PJ Cinsuela. Cuando la empieza a romper uh. Baila pelúa Se acaba de dejar y llega tu apiquetúa Todo el mundo la mira al caminar Y cuando rompe a bailar Todos le dicen como baila la pelúa uh, uh, uh. Baila pelúa Se acaba de dejar y llega tu apiquetúa Todo el mundo la mira al caminar Y cuando rompe a bailar Todos le dicen como baila la pelúa Como baila la pelúa Hey Mamá, te textie, a ver si me llama. Fuego. Me textió un emoji de flama. Fuego. Y ahora la fogata la hacemos en mi cama. Fuego. Hey, sugar, mama. So I came across this artist maybe maybe a year ago, maybe a little bit less. This is Pedro Juan Velázquez. He's a Puerto Rican rapper. He was actually born in the Bronx, um, pero he was raised in Ponce. And uh, he's been making waves, you know, he like released a collab with Bad Bunny back in August. That's pretty good that I enjoyed over the summer. And um, I think he is a dude that is doing really cool shit. He works really hard. And one thing that I um, have been thinking about that is super wild to me is that he's a doctor. Yeah. <laughs> like he's as in he's like a physician. Yeah. He went to medical school. He did that thing, wow. graduated, and he's like, fuck everything. I want to be a rapper. That's wild. That's so it wild. It is completely wild to me. I want to know if he it's, still sees patients. <laughs> I know, right? I know. I, I mean, I can't imagine. I feel like his career is sort of taking off, so I f- can't imagine that he's taking patience. Right. <laughs> in this it moment. feels like such an immigrant story, right? It's like you have this aspiration to be a rapper, but you're like, no, I got to be a doctor. I got to do something right. like practical. <laughs> and then you do all that and you're like, you know what? Like, this is my one life to live. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. And I mean, he's fucking killing it. I think he's a really talented rapper. Um, I really like this song. Yeah, me too. It starts, me too. I think it's musically super interesting. Mm-hmm. It like starts out like sort of like with a cumbia and then it gets into like un dembow, like bien rico paperrea, you know? <laughs> it's just catchy. Yeah. I was, this was my favorite of yours that you're bringing to this episode. I definitely really like this song. Totally. And then on top of being catchy and really fucking cool, it's just like a total homenaje a la mujer afro-latina and particularly to like afro-textured mm. hair. Yeah. Uh, right? Yep. And this song is basically about like 
una dura, doesn't need you, no le vayas a faltar el respeto, because she won't let you get away with it. Mm. And the video also, the visual is super, super fun and features all these fierce fucking mujeres with like afros and big curly hair. And it's just, it's super beautiful mm. to see that. I highly recommend you go to the show notes and take a look at that. And it's pretty on theme considering it's early February now that we're in Black History yeah. Month. Not that we only, you know, not that we necessarily focus on that just in, in February, right? Like it's like every month we're going to be Yeah, we're happy Black History Month, y'all. Yeah, but here we are in February. It seems like a good anthem. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, he isn't afraid of being political. I think that he's like a really outspoken independista. Um, he's spoken about the colonial status of Puerto Rico um, and just like the violence that's plagued the island. So he's definitely one to watch, I would say. Yeah, yeah. I really like yeah, this. Yeah, definitely check his stuff yeah, out. It's good. How are you doing today, Perez? What's good? I'm doing pretty well. It's super warm out, which I'm trying to just enjoy and not have oh, existential so freakouts about climate change. <laughs> um <laughs> But I'm really excited that today we're rolling out our brand new format. This is our first episode. Yeah. Yeah, since the yeah, change. Yeah, tell us a little bit more about it. Yeah. Um, well, first of all, I want to give a big thank you to everybody who filled out the listener survey. Y'all are awesome. We got over 100 responses, which totally blew our expectations out of the water. And it was really nice to have opinions um, about what y'all like and to know more about about what you're excited about and what you want to see more of. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Um, and if you ordered a sticker, I put it in the mail yesterday. So you should get it in a couple of days. Or not order <laughs> a sticker. You asked for a sticker as a thank you. So... Yeah, basically, you know, the many those are done, so we're not going to do short episodes anymore. Every week is going to be a full-length episode um, where we dive, you know, deeper into um, either a broad theme, which we know y'all love. So like Senora Jams last week was an example of that. Another format we are going to be doing regularly is deep dives into either individual artists or albums. We know y'all loved the Bad Bunny album, and we did two episode. And then, you know, we'll also be diving into things like certain genres or certain countries. So those kinds of episodes will continue to recur, you know, every every couple of months, kind of as frequently as we um, we want to bring those kinds of things up. And then the type of episode we're doing today, um, which we're talking about, is like a new music episode we're going to do monthly. So every month we're going to talk about the music that's been released recently that we're excited about. So that's what we're um, doing today. And then there's a couple of other types of episodes that we'll be throwing in the mix, um, including bringing back the listener picks, which is something that we really enjoyed and y'all loved sending us um, the things that you're listening to. So we'd love it if you would start sending us your listener picks again. Basically, you just record a voice memo with um, a, about a song that you're digging right now by a Latinx artist and tell us a little bit maybe about why you love the, the music, the song, and then we'll put together some episodes with your picks so you can kind of be the guest DJs for Radio Minute every once in a while. Yeah. So yeah, this like new format is fun for me because like you pay a lot more attention, I think, to new music than I have historically. Like you've been much more on the like following the, mm -hmm. the release tip. So this has been fun to kind of turn my attention a little bit more to like what's coming out recently. And we'll have plenty of room for me to bring like all of my throwbacks and like all of our other episodes. Um, <laughs> don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> don't worry. The, the like old school salsa is not going anywhere. But so this song <laughs> is from an album that just came out on February 1st and it's a song by Luis Fonsi and it's called Dime que no te irás Dime que no te irás ahora Dime que no te irás Aunque te deje un poco sola Dime que no te irás Cuando caiga la lluvia 
cuando el cielo se duerma Dime que no te irás ahora Dime que no te irás Quédate conmigo Quédate aquí a mi lado Si es que aún respiro Ayúdame a seguir Quédate conmigo Abrázame demasiado Que me perderé sin ti lo que haré sin ti Dime que no te irás ahora Dime que no te irás so, Luis Fonsi is back Luis Fonsi is back First album in five years He's not He's trying to really make life after Despacito I think it can be tough <laughs> I think it can be tough when you have hard. some like I mean like Despacito was like a Guinness Book of World Record breaking kind of song situation like just in terms of number of streams number of downloads like so i think it's, it's this is him like trying to keep going and the thing about fonzi is like he's been around for a long time like he's not right it's gotta be such a weird moment to like have like a successful career for like right 20 years 20 years and then suddenly have like a hit like this best right. on your hands right. such right. must be such a trip i know i wonder about how that feels and so i think critically and i've got to sh- give a shout out to Susie exposito and i'll put her um and a link in the show notes to her article in Rolling Stone because she wrote a review of the album that really helped me contextualize it more and understand sort of this moment in his career. And I mean, I think her review was like very positive. He shows a lot of range and there's lots of different types of hits. Um, and mm-hmm. like, it's not, I think it is in that way, like a success sort of in on the heels of Despacito. And there's a Despacito remix on the album that I actually didn't listen oh, to, to be honest. Is. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't even listen to it. So this song that I picked... Um, I wouldn't say it's my favorite song on the album. I think there's there's actually an Osuna song called Es Imposible that I really liked that came but it came out like in the fall as a, a single. So this one was released with the album. And the reason I brought it is because I think it it represents sort of what he came on the scene with, you know, 20 or so years ago, mm-hmm. which was these like Cortavena style, like super emotional ballad. Yeah, like he's like a crooner. Like he could mm-hmm. be like the señoras could be into him. Right. I think the señoras could be into him. Right. He's like the young one that you might be like, oh, I said chamaco, you know. Like, <laughs> and you know, I hadn't. I had. It was reading Susie's article is what rem- reminded me of this term Cortavena, which I think I love. It means like slitting your th- slitting your veins, literally. So it's like these songs that like are so emotional that it's like there's so much sadness and like you're just like on the edge, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And I think a lot of the music that I like fits that bill. And I know Beto, it's not really your thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, not exactly. Not your thing. But it reminded me of um, one of his first big hits was No Me Doy Por Vencido, which is really much, it was really that style as well. And that was like a pretty mm-hmm. popular one. And I remember that song. Um, so this, I think, kind of throws back to that. And just, he's just an incredible vocalist. I think that gets lost a little bit in like Despacito and some of the poppier hits that he has because it doesn't require necessarily the same kind of crooning that these other ballads like allow. Yeah, and yeah, he's for sure. Voice. So I, I know he's yeah, like, I'll give him that. I'll <laughs> give him Beto. that. I know Veto, you think he's like a total cheese ball. Yeah, he is a cheese ball. I mean, when Despacito first came out, 
like six months before it made it onto the United States airwaves, really. I was into it. Before Bieber got involved. Yeah, before Justin Bieber got involved and before, like, honestly, I feel like uh, we were talking about this earlier, how it felt different to have, like, Luis Fonsi doing a reggaeton when it was, like, Latinos listening to it who know who Luis Fonsi is and what he's about. Right. And then, like, all of a sudden having everybody that's not Latino listening to this and be like, Luis Fonsi is the reggaeton guy. Like, yes, he was with Daddy Yankee, but it's like... No, Luis Fonsi like just hopped on this train because it's safe to do it now. He's like a balladeer, right. you right. know. It's not like there's like a lot of like context, like historical, racial, uh, you know, societal, like economic, all these like different like levels of context that I think that um, a lot of Latino li- listeners might understand about like Luis Fonsi's entry into reggaeton in like 2016. That like I is frustrating to like be lost in, right. in like a you know a global context. Yeah. But because Daddy Yankee's my problematic fave, you know, I was right. into it. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's definitely opportunistic, right? Like it's the moment in which he decided to do this. But I mean, to his in his defense, somewhat, it's like that's kind of what he's been known for his whole career is like taking this really ballady style that kind of comes before him and and bringing these other elements that are more contemporary or more popular into those kinds of songs. And so doing it with reggaeton, I think, is new for him with Despacito potentially, but it's not, um, that's not a new approach for him, you know? And so I do think you're right that like, it's opportunistic to do it in this moment when reggaeton is finally kind of hitting the mainstream and there's not like risk involved in doing it or it's going to, you know, it's going to be received better, but I think it's also, yeah, that's kind of what he does. I think those are both know? true, yeah. right? Like they can both be true for yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I think the album actually is really interesting because it has a bunch of different, it just shows his range. So he's got some of these more ballady style things, but then he's got, you know, another collaboration with a uh, reggaetonero like the Osuna piece and mm-hmm. also Echame La Culpa which is like well, actually one of my favorite songs last year which is him and Demi Lovato like very poppy yeah I like that one yeah I like that like, one. That's pretty it good. just shows how I'm a sucker for a Dembo beat you know yeah exactly <laughs> and like good lyrics you know like he's a good yeah lyricist. it's like, like that one is also doing like an interesting thing it's doing like a vallenato mm-hmm. sort of like yeah. reggaeton yeah, yeah thing (laughs) yeah i think i'm like a sucker for these kinds of hybrids and i you know you're right there's it's political in certain ways because of whose whose legacy is it on the backs of right and and what does that look like yeah but um but i also like really enjoy those kinds of mixes and and because ballads like the boleros like it feels very nostalgic for me like i kind of love that bringing that forward so right Right, we might have sure. to do a Cortavena episode at some point because there's just so many, there's so <laughs> many good on ones. The list it's going the on the list. Exactly. List. Stay tuned for that in the future. But um, but yeah, check out <laughs> check out the the album. It's called Vida, um, and I think if you like if you like ballads, if you like some of the stuff he's done, it's an interesting like trip kind of through a bunch of different approaches and him being like, I'm still here. Like I'm not Despacito's not the end of my like career. I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep doing this. So yeah, yeah, for sure. He's around. Mm-hmm. Luis Fonsi isn't going anywhere. <laughs> no. Oh, you may or may not have good feelings about that, but I like it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he can chill. He can exist. I'm not, you know. You're not no trying to forcing me to, trying to cancel to him. him. Well, I am. <laughs> right now. <laughs> Turns out. <laughs> but this can be the last time that you have to listen to it. <laughs> Well, speaking of forcing me to listen, let's let's <laughs> listen to your next pick because <laughs> that was a kind of how I felt about it. Yes, let's. <laughs> um, 
So the next artist is, um, her name is La Chica, and she's a French Venezuelan artist who lives in sort of the Belleville area of Paris. And she does these like sort of like lush, intricate um, layers of sound and collage-like songs. So um, this is in that style, this is called Ratas. And again, it's by La Chica. I brought this both because I really like this, you know, like her production style. I like what she's doing with music. I think it's super interesting and complex and experimental and interesting to me. But I also brought this because, you know, she lives in Europe and it's she's dealing over there with some of the same anti-immigrant sentiment and far-right ideology that's really uh, on the rise globally. Yeah. Not only in Europe and the United States, but really sort of all over the place, like even in some countries in Latin America, right? There's been like the ones that are doing a little bit better. There's like a lot of uh, sort of xenophobia and hand-wringing about right. what it means that immigrants are coming. Yeah. And I think what, what now is illustrating with like Venezuela, which we're going to talk about is like when there is a crisis or Syria, when there is a crisis where lots of people are fleeing, that's like an opportunity for like right wing nationalism and like xenophobia to sort of take advantage of the fears that that stokes in people. Yeah, that's totally right. And, you know, La Chica's Venezolana and, yeah. it, you know, three million people have left over the last so few wild. years. That's huge. That's, so wild. that's huge. And it's like Venezuela was a country of like what, like. 24-ish million people. You know, like, that's, like, a big chunk yeah, of people that are there. Um, and it's ongoing, right? And yeah. um, and so I think that with a vast migration, there's also been a really wave of particularly anti-Venezuelan xenophobia around the world. Right. Um, and just everywhere, right? Like I said, like, not just in the United States and Europe, but, like, across Latin America, too. Right. Well, because that's where a lot of people are going, right? The Colombia and, and neighboring yeah. countries. Yeah. How's it been 
for you? Like, how have you been feeling about it as like a Venezolana watching this stuff unfold? Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting, right? It's something that I've started to experience recently too, right? Like, even just thinking about like the cesspool that is Twitter, right? Whenever people want to insult me these days for whatever opinion I might have, um, there's always like one person at least who insults me particularly for being Venezuelan, mm. which is like a new and fun flavor of xenophobia that I experience. Right. Like usually yeah. it's like just like whatever, like dirty immigrant from wherever. But like yeah. I've been like experiencing like specifically anti-Venezuelan stuff, which is interesting and new. And wow. You know, it's, like, also, like, irrational because, you know, like, they don't know this, but my family left in 1995, right? Like, this is before any right. of this stuff well, that led care, to this though? wave of immigration. <laughs> yeah, they don't care. They don't care. Yeah. yeah, and, like, xenophobia is not rational. No. Right? No. But um, but I think that that's one thing that this song does is it points out, like, just, like, that these arguments are so irrational. It really demonstrates how absurd they sound. Right. And and so I think that that's what the song does really well. It's like, yes, we're rats. We've come here to, like, make your country unsuccessful. We hate you. Like, that's what we do, you know? And it just, right. like, it makes it, it, it just, putting it from that perspective makes it sound so absurd, right? Yeah. And it sort of demonstrates how ridiculous it sounds. Right. Yeah. And you, you profiled her for Remescla, right? I did. I did. So if you're interested in knowing more about her and her music, um, we can put a link to that in the show notes for y'all to check out. All right. What do you have next for us? So we're going to change gears to a song by Anuel A.A. and Carol G. called Secreto. you have to go watch the video like go to the show notes pause the like notice from the survey that some people will like pause and like go listen to the whole song which we totally support like go do that go watch the video in the show notes because it's super sweet it seems like just like natural footage of the two of them together I don't know if it's all produced or if some of it is actually footage from like their relationship because obviously the song is about like not being a secret and sort of bringing their relationship into the light but I mean it probably is footage from them and their relationship but they also like hired a camera crew to follow right. them around right. so right. like I don't yeah know. it was like purposeful yeah like yeah. I think they were yeah. maybe like 
I mean, they've only been together for a little while, but I think they were maybe like purposely um, thinking mm-hmm. about this song and thinking about the video. But anyway, it's super fucking sweet because I just, I love love. And like one of the reasons I wanted to bring this was because I didn't realize that they were together until we were talking, Veto and I were talking about the song, which came out on January 15th. Um, I was not following the sort of cheese man around their relationship. And uh-huh. this idea of like a reggaeton sort of power couple, I love the idea of that. <laughs> Reggaeton trap power couple. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I think because, I mean, A, I think, I, you know, I'm a romantic, so, like, I love love. But also because, you know, I think it, having a woman, like, having the two of them in a, like, pareja, but, like, she has her own, she has her own reputation and her own career and her own right. Like, there's something that feels like a, a counterpoint to, like, a lot of the sexist tropes of this that can show up in this industry, right? Because there's, like, there's the two of them coming together and they both, like, bring their sort of powerful... Um, sure. It's not like he's, like, her thing, right? Right. She's, like, she has her own career outside exactly, of him. Exactly, exactly, exactly. her success outside of him and her yeah, own money outside exactly, of him. Exactly, yeah. Exactly. And we've brought Carol G a bunch of times um, on the show. She's a Colombian reggaetonera and, you know, I think we're both fans of her music. Um, yeah. But, yeah, we were talking a little bit about some slut-shaming stuff that happened on Instagram around yes. this video, right? Like around the time this video came out. Yeah, maybe a little bit before. I don't know. I think it was like around because there had been a lot of like murmurings, right? That they were together, but yeah. it hadn't there wasn't like a confirmation. I don't know that this picture was confirmation, but like she no, posted a picture, picture yeah. of of her and sort of like on Anuel's lap or something in a mm-hmm. hotel room. It was like a mirror selfie. Mm-hmm. And she is wearing like a thong. Yeah. And they're like in bed. Yeah. And he's shirtless. Yeah, You can't see anything, but it's just like, I don't know. For me, it's, it's so interesting because that's like, it's not more than you would see in a swimsuit. And mm-hmm. like people are constantly in swimsuits and pictures and in the mm-hmm. world. Yeah. Um, and in their shows, et cetera. But like, and on their it Instagram. Was such, yeah. 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 It was so there was this whole thing, this whole phenomenon that people were like just slut shaming her. It's like, ¿Y qué pensabas que era virgen o qué? Right, right. You know, like, did you, what did you, it's like, que no están casados. I was like, did you think that Carol G was a virgin? Right. <laughs> like, and then Anuel was a virgin? Music? Like, what about him, right? Like, of course, it's all about her. Yeah, and also. And he has what, a kid, yeah, but you know? That's like, like not even a question, right? Dude has a, he has a child. Like, of course he's not, you know? Nobody's asking questions about him. Everybody's like about like her and about whether she's like a role model and whatever. And it's like, I don't know. It was just wild to right. me that that was even a thing I know. at all. And her music videos are really explicit. The songs are about sex. Like, why is a visual, know. you know, that looks like, okay, maybe they took it right after they fucked. Like, why is that like next level? Like, come on, y'all. Yeah, you know? I just like, no, la verdad me quedé loca. Like, no entendí. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know why it was such a big deal, but it really was. People were like, were really tight about it. And I think some people were like super supportive too. So it was kind of a mixed bag, right? But yeah, like it definitely created a lot of, of course, Instagram of comments. Course. But I think that the support was in reaction to some to of the haterade. Right, it's like, yeah. why would you need support for like a naked selfie? It's like, yes, very cool. Like, you right. look good, girl. Like, right. I'm going to like that. Right. You know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just so extra. So I learned a lot of chisme about Anuel, which is like part of why I like this podcast sometimes because I'm not like super into gossip, but then I just fall into these gossip holes when I have to talk about these artists. So, <laughs> so yeah, he, um, he was in prison for three, for 90 months, something like that. I don't know. A couple of years after getting caught with guns, significant amount of mm-hmm. guns. So some sort of gun possession charges. 
Um, and he was in prison for a good chunk of time. And um, it was even in solitary, actually, for three months, which I think is just Ugh. so inhumane. Yeah. So, and I that mean, was because of, according to what I read, an altercation with another inmate. I think solitary confinement should be banned. I think it's absolutely inhumane. Absolutely. It's fucking torture. It's yeah. disgusting. So, I mean, he kept his career going while he was inside via social media and like being able to, and he would release stuff. He would like collaborate with people via just like recording. He was able to do, I think through like probably visits with people in prison, which mm-hmm. is interesting. I mean, he was in a federal prison. Um, yeah. So he kind of kept his career going that way, but obviously he wasn't like recording and releasing new music. He was just kind of collaborating on the side. And you were saying something interesting about like what people think about Bad Bunny and Unwell and Trap and sort of the ways in which like his time in prison influenced Bad Bunny's career. Right, right. Well, because, so Anuel was like the first person, or not, maybe not the first, but like one of like the first big names to rise out of like the Latin trap movement, right? Mm-hmm. And there is some speculation that Bad Bunny was able to come to the level of fame that he was because Anuel was out of the game during that time. Right. Um, which is an interesting theory, but I would posit that Bad Bunny would have made it to this degree with Anuel out anyway, because I think that what makes Bad Bunny interesting and different is that he's like a weirdo and takes risks and like right. is doing things that like causa que la gente hable. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And like yep. is just different in a way that Anuel isn't, right? Like Anuel is playing like a much safer game in terms of his sound and the way like he presents himself to the world. And, you know, it's not to say that he's not good or whatever, but I I do think that what bad bunny has is something it is, you know, I think to a degree, something about like fortune and place and time, but I think that there's something more to it than that. Right. Right. And like, why can't they, why can't they both have successful trap careers? Cause they do different things. Like we don't need to. Yeah. Be. Yeah. And they do. And yeah. they do. They do really different things. Personally for me, I am very excited about the breakup songs that are going to happen when Carol <laughs> G and Anuel break up. A cynic. Oh I know God. that you're very, uh, very like smitten with this yeah, romance. I am. But oh, I, I don't know, cute. man. In this video, they like get tattoos of each other's names. Yeah. And like, I just, I'm just like, I don't know, man. This is a train wreck waiting to happen and I cannot wait to look at it. <laughs> I hear you. I don't know. I just, can we just let them be in love for a minute? You know, can we just appreciate it? Like, can we just, and the video, I just, the video felt so genuine to me because. I mean, I'm sh- I think it is genuine. Yeah, they actually I, are in I, love. I, mean, yeah. I honestly, I just think that the breakup tracks are going to be fire. Yeah. Is all I'm saying. I mean, yeah, look at Beyonce and Jay-Z. I mean, they didn't even break up, but like, look at all the, the sort of fodder that their relationship has exactly. produced. So. No, I mean, relationships are messy. (laughs) And here's the thing. There's already drama. So again, when I was digging around, so apparently one of his exes has been going off on Instagram saying that he is still talking to her and that she was there for him when he was in prison. But she's been going off on Instagram saying like, he's still talking to me. Like I was there for you in prison. Like you're trying to pretend like you're with this woman, but you're still talking to me. And she has receipts and in forms of like WhatsApp screenshots. (laughs) Um, so <laughs> damn, it seems like there's already Green messiness. Shots. I know, I know, I know. Um, so it seems like maybe there's already messiness. Maybe it's complicated. I don't know. I think relationships are messy. Period. And being famous doesn't change that. Maybe it actually makes it worse because then your your shit is public. You know, um, you don't yeah. have privacy to do your messiness. It's gotta be rough. The scene. It's gotta so, be rough. I don't know what's going on with Carol G. I don't know what agreements they have. Quien sabe? But I'm still like, yeah. I'm here for it. Okay. And then the last piece of thing we have to talk about 
is that so he released a really fucked up track in October or no in September. Yeah. It was like a diss track targeted on at Coscuela. I don't know if we've brought him before, but he's another Coscuela, yeah. Yeah, another Puerto Rican rapper that I've definitely listened to some of his music. Anyway, I did not listen to the track. Did you listen to the track, Vito? It was offensive. Yeah. It sounds really offensive. Um, based yeah, on what I read bad. about it. Yeah, it was bad. There was like homophobic shit. There was like problematic stuff about uh, someone with HIV. It was it was a mess. And so he put out an apology video that I actually think is worth watching. Um, I don't know, Veto, if you got a chance to, to watch it. I'm going to put didn't. it in the show notes. Um, I should. Here's what I like about it. because I And I feel like it's important in this moment because we're in this moment where, I mean, I just think there's more of a conversation about like accountability and public accountability and like asking people to not letting people slide with like fucked up things they do. And Mm -hmm, so he mm -hmm. issued this like five minute video of just him talking to the camera, super unedited, like very raw. Like, you know, there wasn't a PR person like with a teleprompter, you know, he's literally just talking about how, how he fucked up and like what was wrong with it and like why it's a mess and like why it's problematic. And it's just like, I think we need to learn how to apologize well, you know, like people are going to fuck up. And so what does it look like to apologize well? And I think this is like a pretty good example because it's just really raw and genuine and not like super polished like here's the letter from my PR agency you know like it's like him being mm-hmm. like I fucked up this is not problematic like a notes app screenshot <laughs> yeah it's not it's not exactly it's not a notes app. I mean that can be fine but like you can see him being more of a human around it and just being like kind of like I don't have anything to say for myself like it was just a it was a bad decision it's the worst decision I've made you know yeah um, and like I don't care who you have sex with I mean he kind of tries to sort of like defend himself in terms of homophobia and like just HIV comments. Anyway. That's good. I'm glad he apologized and that it seems genuine. Yeah. It's it's frustrating that like, I don't know, man. It's like the Lord's year of 2019. I know. On a diss track, does a rapper still like the, the, the best thing you can come up with is like, you're gay. I know. <laughs> it's just like, come I know. on. I know. Like, I know you have better lyrics in you than that, Anuel. I know. Like, even beyond the fucking homophobia, it's just like tired and not creative. Right. And right. Yeah. 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 No, I hear you. I hear you. And like, you know, I think there's so much learning around just like you need people around you who are going to be like, nah, dude, <laughs> you know, yeah. like who's, who's yeah. helping you, who's helping you make better decisions. Like, and I yeah, don't think that's hopefully on. That was somebody in his life that was like, yeah. bro, what the fuck are you doing? I think unfortunately he didn't really get to this point until he saw the feedback from all of his viewers, all his fans, which like fans I think can do have a role in holding people accountable. And like, that's sort of one of the benefits of social media in some ways is that people have a much bigger right. microphone to talk back to the people that they care about and be like, this is not okay. Yeah. And in this yeah, instance, he sure. listened, but he also had, there was also a concert that was canceled on him after it came out. So there were some like repercussions that I think probably made yeah, him yeah. want to apologize. Yeah. Anyway. It's like the money. There's a lot to say, and I like this track, and I think their romance is sweet, and I'm hoping that someday we'll do a, like, music power couples episode, because there's been a lot of couples that have come and gone (laughs) over the years that we could do a little highlights reel of some past couples. For sure. (laughs) And they have a couple songs together, Carol G and Unwell, and I I think they're, like, it's an interesting collab, so we'll see what else they get to do before. Definitely. If Veto gets her way, they break up in a dramatic fashion. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's not so much about my way as much as that's what I think is going to happen. Right. You know, I mean, good luck to them. Godspeed. Right. (laughs) Right. Who knows? Maybe they're, maybe they'll figure it out. They'll make it work. (gasps) Yeah. Yep. All right, what's your last new song for this epi? 
All right, so my last new song for this episode is called She Roar, and it's by Miss Boogie. Dominican nigga and he got a lot of pesos Que lo que yo de lo mío Quieto leche, ahora mismo Este cuerpo no coge chelcha Me siento regia, bien fresca Mamacita, cinturita Esta teta, tan nuevecita Chupamela, sin prisa Coquillita, ay que risa Dame cuarto, no quiero bulto Estoy alta, no quiero bicho I'm with the shit sis And I'm moving quick Switch up my body shape on a hating bitch I love me And they hating me Your man love me So I love Miss Boogie um, we uh, have brought her one time before, but I think it was just on a remix that she was a part of. It was right. like this big remix with like Princess Nokia and Kalela and like a bunch of other people, Cupcake, and she was one of the artists. But oh yeah, and her music is really good. I, I think that she's she's really fucking amazing, and her catalog isn't super extensive as Ms. Boogie mm. yet, right? Because okay. she just transitioned a little bit ago and this is a new name for her. Okay. And I mean, that's the other thing that I really love about this song, right? Yeah. Just how open and matter of fact she is about her gender, right? Yep. Yep. It's just, it's like not a secret. Nope. Uh, you know, like, and she's just talking about how much she's enjoying and loving herself and her like newly changing body. It's really beautiful to hear. It really brings me a lot of joy and hope for the world. Mm, that's sweet. Yeah. I mean, we're in a hard moment in so many ways around the experiences of trans women, especially trans women of color. And there's this beautiful moment around representation, right? That there's just so mm-hmm. much more representation um, in the media, in television, like across different genres that we can, we can also celebrate. I think this fits into that. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, one of the things that like, that I do really like about this song and what she's talking about is that it is really hard out there for trans women of color, like Mm -hmm. the material conditions that people are experiencing in terms of like access to housing, access to, you know, employment, just violence, right. That trans women of color are facing is like really staggering and really endemic. And, um, you know, just both like interpersonally and also at the hands of the state. So I feel like always when we're hearing about trans women of color in the news, it's almost always about violence, right? right? And I think that it's really important and beautiful to also show experiences of happiness and joy so that, you know, people who are like trans or questioning and young or whatever and 
are like thinking about like, oh my God, is this going to be my life? Like, it's not just like your life is going to be a horrible bout of suffering, right? Right. Like there's like things that are really beautiful about this experience, right? Right. Mm -hmm. And things that are really special about it. And I do think that like a show like Pose, for example, Mm -hmm. feels super important for for those same reasons. Although I think obviously there's limits to representation, right? I think Mm -hmm. that representation can be really powerful and it's also like really fundamentally not even close to enough, right? Right, Like people need like to see, you know, the material conditions of their lives addressed, not just like to see somebody who's pretty and trans on TV. Yeah. You know? Yep. No, that's, that's super real. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it is really cool to like hear someone being like really upfront about their gender and like just fucking happy about it you know just like really fucking enjoying it just like hearing her say like yes bitch (laughs) enjoy your new tits you know it's so good get it yep that's a mood for sure (laughs) it's totally a mood all right well so my last pick for this episode is not some new music but i wanted to kind of use this opportunity to talk about an artist a really important dominican bachatero who passed away actually last week yeah so this is kind of like a r.i.p sort of tribute to him his name is yoscar sarante and this song which is one of my favorites of his is called no tengo suerte en el amor you brought this yeah it's really it was we were actually together i think it was one of the days we were working together in new york that the news yeah. was announced that he passed away he was in his he was like 48 and he had some sort he of was lung so young he was young yeah, and he had some sort of lung issue um and that was what caused his death um but mm-hmm. he's like a legend he's not like a, a dominican bachata legend he was really particularly i think the height of his career was like in the 90s um he was totally into the bachata romantica and had a lot of really good songs in that realm, including this one. Um, it's from 2002 and it's just one of my favorites of his, but he's got a ton of great tracks. And I'm gonna put in the show notes a link to a Billboard article. I feel like the Latin, like Billboard, Billboard Latin vertical has been doing a lot of really good stuff lately. Um, and they yeah, rounded yeah. up, <clears throat> they rounded up like the 10 best Yoscad songs, including this one. So I highly recommend going and like spending some time with his music because it's just really beautiful. Um, and, you know, he really was a huge contributor to 
um, to Bachata and to the development of Bachata and that entire musical arena. And I really, really appreciated his music. Yeah, RIP. I'm glad that we're taking some time to, you know, show tribute and respect yeah. Yeah, to for his, sure. his contributions to, mm-hmm. to the genre, for sure. Yeah. And lots of like the, you know, sort of famous bachateros were mourning him and talking about his legacy Mm -hmm. and and what he had to offer. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think he's pretty well recognized as like a pretty, as a big deal. And I, you know, I don't know much about what he was up to um, career wise in the last few years or whether his health was, you know, I imagine lung, if you're having lung issues, like singing could be difficult, but, um, but yeah, definitely gone too soon for sure. Well, thank you so, so much for listening. We hope that you are looking forward to our new sort of format concepts as much as we are. Mm -hmm. Um, As always, all the information that we talked about in this episode is in the show notes, including some of the links that we told you that you would be able to find there. And if you haven't yet, definitely please review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. It helps us a ton. And uh, make sure that you're following us on social media. We're on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Radio Manea. We post a lot of um, bonus content and, and just it's a good way to keep up with us and keep up with music beyond just our episodes. So check us out there. And then just a reminder that we're going to be bringing back our listener picks episode. We did one maybe a year or two ago. We want to do it as kind of a regular thing because we think you all have great taste in music and lots of, um, of music to introduce us to. And so basically we just want you to send a voice memo or an email if you don't want to do a voice memo, but we prefer voice memos because then we can share it on the show. Just talking about one of your favorite songs by a Latinx artist. It can be new, it can be old, like whatever you want, as long as they're a Latinx musician, um, they're welcome in the listener picks. And then as soon as we get enough for an episode, we'll we'll run the episode. So it's going to be kind of an open call. And we want you to send those voice memos and those emails to radiomanea at gmail.com. And we're really excited to kind of hear from you about the music that you love. Definitely. And if you didn't check out last week's episode, we had a really fun time talking about our favorite Senora jams. Um, lots and lots of crooners, a few cortavenas too <laughs> on that episode. Um, so make sure to take a listen to that episode from last week. Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. Hasta, Hasta la próxima. Ciao. Que viva las mujeres y si no te cae bien sin cojona ya le tiene porque baila pelúa. Se acaba de dejar y llega a piquetúa. Todo el mundo la mira al caminar y cuando rompe a bailar todos le dicen cómo baila la pelúa. Baila pelúa. Se acaba de dejar y llega a piquetúa. Todo el mundo la mira al caminar y cuando rompe a bailar todos le dicen cómo baila la pelúa. Baila pelúa. Baila pelúa, baila pelúa, baila pelúa, que si pelúa por aquí, pelúa por allá, pelúa por al frente, pelúa por atrás, pelúa por aquí, pelúa por allá, pelúa por al frente, pelúa por atrás, pelúa por aquí, pelúa por allá, pelúa por al frente, pelúa por atrás.